You want some tea? Listen to reality. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we begin with today's episode, we would like to inform the listeners that there may be some technical glitches as our recordings were done virtually. Hey besties, welcome back to Reality Podcast, where we will discuss on the United Nations 17 Sustainable Goals. I am Sarah Aisha and I am joined today with my co-host. Hi, it's me, Farid Daniel. Hi, it's me, Alia Kalida. And Bashira. Stay tuned to listen to our discussion on fashion and sustainability. Alia, would you mind taking over and explain about the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals? The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, also known as the Global Goals, are a set of 17 goals with 169 objectives, a global strategy for any poverty, protecting the environment and ensuring stability and prosperity for all people. Aside information for all the listeners, MDGs consist of 8 goals while SDGs consist of 17 goals. MDG only targets developing and poor countries while SDGs apply to all countries where the rich, middle class or poor countries. So as we know, fashion is something that is staple in our life and it helps us with our confidence. Sustainable or slow fashion is a trend and a mechanism that aims to improve the ecological integrity and social justice of fashion goods and also the fashion system. Before we proceed with the discussion, here is a little PSA on COVID-19 from our special guest for all our listeners out there. Before we begin today's interesting episode, I would love to share a tiny yet solid PSA to all our listeners out there. As the spread of COVID-19 transmission in our community has become alarming and detrimental for many of us, here are some preventive measures for when you go outside and a few healthy ways of coping throughout this pandemic. Make sure to clean your hands often. Cough or sneeze in your bent elbow, not your hands, and limit the time whenever you step into crowded places. If you're feeling stressed out, remember to take care of your body, such as taking deep breaths, stretching, or learning to meditate. For those who are in despair or having suicidal thoughts, reach out to Befrienders KL Suicide Helpline on 0376-272929. Remember, you're not alone, and fighting this disease is our joint responsibility. Stay safe and stay sane. It's time to unwind and relax with reality. It's Sarah, and we are joined today virtually with the founder of Bajunyamo Baru, which promotes slow fashion living on Instagram, Aisha Zain. Welcome, Aisha, and thank you for willing to chill with us for today's chit chat. Hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. Thanks for having Hi. me. Hi, Aisha. So, Aisha, as a founder of a clothing line which centralized in upcycling and giving a new life to all worn-out fabrics, we believe that including you today in our conversation would be a plus point to all of us. So, without further ado, let's move on to the first question. What does sustainable or ethical fashion mean to you? And how are you making movement towards promoting a slow fashion living, especially in this current era, knowing that, you know, like, there are a lot of fast-moving fashion brands, and how does promoting a slow fashion living make an impact on you as an individual? Mm. When I first started Pajinyo Baru, it was purely for me to share and sell my pre-loved clothes. But I wanted to do something more. I wanted to make Pajinyo Baru a platform for something bigger than just selling pre-loved clothes. So I did my research and then I came across, you know, the sustainable fashion movement. And 
when I did that, I began to understand what exactly do people mean when they say sustainable fashion. Sustainable fashion refers to um, the entirety of it, like from using um, low low impact dyes to dye your clothing and things like that. And then under sustainable fashion, you have ethical fashion and you have slow fashion. So ethical fashion concerns um, the human rights aspect of fashion, you know, making sure that workers are paid fairly, that you're not hurting animals, you know, when you're making your clothes. And then you have slow fashion, which is Sumo have been practicing for a while now. It's just that maybe we didn't realize it. Yeah. Like, you know, reusing your clothes over and over again for Raya or going to, you know, thrift shops or buying secondhand on carousel or even swapping your clothes with your friends. That's all considered slow fashion. If you ask me how I'm making a movement towards promoting slow fashion, it's Really through a lifestyle that I'm practicing now, I have cut down on my shopping in general. So about, I feel like the most sustainable option is what you already have in your closet. Oh, so we can say that with the existence of Baju Nyamu Baru, it really sparked the willingness and drive for you to dive in more into sustainable or ethical fashion, which you can adopt it into your lifestyle. Personally, for you, what is it that's so fascinating about ethical fashion? And why do you think that the young generation nowadays should learn from this particular lifestyle? So with slow fashion, what I love about it is because I feel like we should all treat clothes like our good friend. And I think a lot of the younger generation these days, because of the emergence of social media, like TikTok, like Instagram, they're more and more aware that there's this option Second to fast fashion, they can go thrift. Or there's this option where they can re revive their clothes, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, they also have platforms where they can go to to educate themselves because thrifting is a trend right now. And, mm-hmm. and people have been thrifting like years and years ago. But at the same time, the younger generation now, they understand thrifting might mean that you're taking away the op- opportunity from a community that needs the thrift stores more than we do. Yeah. So, they are aware of that. And because of they're aware of that, diorang punya macam consumption tu pun is quite mindful because they're aware of it. Actually, the younger generation, like my age, around my age group, we have a lot of exposure on what ethical fashion really is and we are more mindful of what we want to get because getting something from a thrift store meaning that we are taking a part of someone's life in making it ours so that is a value which to me is very sentimental so you mentioned about fast fashion and how it has become a trend basically so because of this trend of of fast fashion itself Nowadays, we can see that a lot of people are actually sick of being able to wear a shirt and then they feel like um, it is no longer valuable or interesting after the first wear, which Mm. of course the pandemic itself and the technology will have a big say in also how the trends will Mm. actually unfurl. So what do you think is the reason for all this? Yeah, so I guess even for me, yes, I'd shop less, but... I see all these trends coming up on social media and I macam terjebak juga lah. Like I feel like, ooh, I think, you know, that outfit would look really good on me. I could incorporate that mm-hmm. into my closet and I really need to get it. So the the trends 
is something that is quite detrimental because I feel that we're always on social media looking for something to inspire us. Fashion is a very, very big aspect of self-expression because we use the clothes that we wear to express our personality, who we are. It is a, another way for us to tell people, hey, this is who I am. And you can tell just by the clothes that you wear. On TikTok, kan, if you follow fashion trends or fa- mm-hmm. fashion TikTok, uh, you can see people are trying to find different ways to wear clothes. They showed themselves wearing a tank top and they actually crisscross the tank top over their arms. And it, look, it looks exactly like that one crisscross top that's trending right now. Mm. So people are finding more creative ways to be more resourceful uh, and use what, what they have. So I think that's really, that's really good. It's whether they are aware of it or not, it, it goes to show that there is that demand, there is that desire for fashion to be more sustainable and ethical these days. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's something similar to what Hatta Domat did recently. Yes. Whereby he used recycled plastic bottles, right? Mm-hmm. To be like his crusade against textile waste to the mm-hmm. ocean, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yuna actually wore one of it. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yes, and I personally think that this idea of creating this new trend of sustainable or ethical wardrobe from scratch is a daunting one and not being able to wear the brands that you are used to and limiting your choices in terms of trends, having to spend a little more than you would normally and all of these concerns are of course valid but it's not actually as hard as you might think to get started on this sustainable trend and it's definitely worth it in the long run. So Aisha, in your opinion, why is there a huge gap in pricing when it comes to ethical fashion versus fast fashion? Why do you think that ethical or sustainable fashion is much more expensive? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's a good question. Heavy yeah. question because I know a lot of people personally who are selling thrifted items for mm-hmm. a higher price. Okay, personally, when I started by Junior Baru, I sold my pre-love items kit and, and some of it was from Topshop, some of it was from Zara, some of it was from H&M and then when I sold it, I became like, do I sell this at a higher price? Like I bought this for 10 ringgit but should I sell it for 20 ringgit? Like will somebody take that as something negative? But I consulted my friends. They go thrifting and they resell it kan. And when I asked okay. them why, why do they sell it at a higher price? And mm-hmm. it is really about the curation of it all. They curate the items that they have to to appeal to the Rampunya audience. Lah. And at the same time, they also said that thrifting is not for everybody. Not everybody can go to a thrift store and have the patience to sift through the items and True. find what they want. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is all business related. I can't speak for them. But mm-hmm. there should be a limit to how much you're going to resell this for. At the end of the day, if it goes back to the whole transparency aspect, I think we will we will address that in a different question. Even people, even resellers, even thrift resellers, also under the responsibility to be transparent to their customers. Why mm. are they pricing it high? Like even thrift stores, curated thrift stores ke apa, if you're going to sell it at five or six times the price of the original item, you should be transparent to your customers why you're doing that. It still adheres to the whole idea of sustainable fashion and the whole idea of ethical fashion. Yes, thrifting is part of the slow fashion movement 
and it's sustainable for your wallet, it's sustainable for our wallet, but yeah. you should justify to your customers and let them make an informed decision whether or not they're not believe from this thrift store or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in the end of the day, it is all about the transparency aspect of the reseller as on why they sell it at the higher price. Because sustainable fashion is also a slow fashion that's supposed to sustain our wallet. So, Aisha, uh, for mm. my next question would be, you know, like, there is a practice that we might have heard before, which is 3R. Mm. Reuse, reduce, and recycle. So, from your point of view, how does 3R plays a role in elevating this sustainable practice in ethical fashion industry? Based on what we've discussed so far, mm. is there anything that you feel that fast fashion brands like H&M, Uniqlo, and Zara could learn from? Let's talk about H&M and Zara. Lah. Yeah. Um, H&M and Zara have their sustainable line right now. They are promoting their sustainable fashion line. Zara has their... I forgot the name of it, but they're on a sustainable line. And H&M pun ada the same. They're sustainable line. And they're promoting the fact that, hey, these, these, these items are made from recycled plastic bottles, for instance. Or this item is made from 20% organic cotton, for instance. Kan? Going back to the three R, reuse, reduce and recycle... It plays an important role in elevating a sustainable uh, lifestyle and in elevating the ethical fashion industry because it it goes back to essentially the slow fashion movement because slow fashion movement is all about prolonging the lifespan of an item. How do we keep to this reuse, reduce, recycle mindset practice? So brands like H&M and Zara, mm-hmm. they are aware that there is a demand for sustainable fashion. Let's stick to much local brands. Shop Hanya recently mm-hmm. released their own line of upcycled clothing. So I was so amazed by that and I felt so proud. This is a local fashion brand who produces new products for their customers mm-hmm. but they are trying to close that gap of like overproduction but they pledge to absorb all alteration costs in the upcycle category. So... Mm-hmm. This will prevent wastage. You know, there are no markups, no cover-ups, and they were really transparent about it. And this is amazing because they close that gap within Dorang Punya own ecosystem. Brands like H&M and Zara, I think there should be more transparency on their end because we are still, you know, H&M has their sustainable line, but mm-hmm. we are still seeing sustainable activists and platforms saying that the factory in H&M is actually assaulting women True. so yeah. you are producing sustainable items but your factory is not ethical what you're doing is still not ethical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so lah, that's that's difficult yeah that is actually a good take on the 3r practice as you know it clearly show that it links very well to sustainable fashion so even though fast fashion brands you know like h&m or zara are already aware of this practice they must be able to find balance in adopting sustainable or slow fashion while actually being ethical at the same time in producing them. You want some tea? Listen to reality. Hey bestie, you know the drill. It's PSA time. Shh. Curious about the core subject that PR program offer? I kid you not. In this program, we offer a few of interesting subjects that are related to PR. So, do you enjoy writing? 
can you distill complex thoughts and ideas into simple, clear language that can be quickly understood by the public? PR writing is the answer to it all. Through this subject, you will learn on how to be a good writer as a good PR practitioner. When we talk about PR programs, of course, we cannot forget about the subjects that is offered. If you are keen on diving into the digital media realm, therefore, digital storytelling would be perfect for you. Or, if you are more of a type who are enthusiastic in political systems and ideas in SEA regions regarding its issues and policies, Asian politics would be your cup of tea. The Institute of Public Relations Malaysia Student Association IPRMSA is an initiative to ensure collaboration and cooperation among the public relations students. One of the programs that IPRMSA is conducting now is Kasih Prihatin in collaboration with Yayasan Era Surya to help the B40 families starting from 13th of April until the 12th of May 2021. Majoring in public relations is a perfect fit for those who enjoy new challenge. Students who want to pursue a career in public relations may take a variety of paths depending on their interests. You want some tea? Listen to reality. And we're back. Moving on to the next question. Fashion production is modern slavery. Does this statement ring a bell to your knowledge? And do you believe that fashion industries are infamous for its modern day of slavery workers, especially towards underdeveloped countries? What do you think, Aisha? I have heard that statement a few times before, and it is something that's familiar to me. To a lot of people, it might seem quite unbelievable that modern-day slavery is happening in the fashion scene. Like, a lot of the labor aspect of a clothing brand is contracted out to various different people. And so tracing all the steps from the production of the raw material to the actual clothing itself is quite difficult to track. So that makes exploitation and illegal activities easily unnoticed. So a lot of the large fashion brands and companies don't have full control over their supply chains. So... Say, for instance, if somebody is working at H&M here in KL as a salesperson, they would have absolutely no clue that like illegal activities are happening in the factories in Bangladesh. So it is up to people in the C-suite and those making the decisions to really make sure that every aspect of the supply chain is traced whether you know people in the factories are treating those producing the garments fairly are they being paid fair wage are they not being sexually assaulted because these things go on but it's really important that those making the decisions are tracing this Yes, that actually makes a lot of sense and I also would like to address that um, bringing awareness to this expensive issue is just the first step. And there are obviously many factors that go into ending modern day slavery, but in hopes of bringing change to the issue, we have to keep in mind with the clothes that we buy and the products that we use. So Aisha, the next question would be, uh, we might not be aware of this, but the fashion industry is one of the largest polluters in the world. So, in your opinion, why do you think that fast fashion industry is so well favoured, despite of its destruction to the environment? The fashion industry is one of the largest polluters in the world. It is, and you can 
take fast fashion as being favorable to two groups. Fast fashion is more favorable to big clothing brand, for instance, and fast fashion is more favorable to a consumer, on the other hand. So when we talk about fast fashion, we're referring to the production model. And the production model of fast fashion allows retailers to manufacture clothes at super, super high speed, at lightning speed. And they capitalize on our need or our desire to be fashionable and follow trend. Because now every other month, there's a new trend that pops up. So fast fashion retailers need to answer to this demand of all these trends. It's easier for them to answer because it's cheaper to produce. And then on the consumer end of it, fast fashion is more favorable because it's convenient for us. Because of the price range, the ease of buying something. And and then there are other people who still buy fast fashion because sustainable fashion is not as body inclusive as we hoped or we want it to be right now. From your take on this question, we can conclude that the reason people are still buying fast fashion clothes despite of its bad impact to the environment is because fast fashion uh, capitalized to our needs and demand very quickly. And other than that, buying fast fashion clothes also very convenient and hustle-free as we have all the right access to just grab any latest and trendy clothes at the mall with reasonable price. Certain fast fashion companies like H&M, they have opted <coughs> for their customers to um, donate any unused or old fabrics and any types of garments on selected outlet stores, mm-hmm. as we all know. Of course, with their fine return of vouchers and discounts, yet the consumers, all of us, we still have no idea about all of these garments whereabouts. So, in your opinion, Aisha, mm. what do they actually do with the clothes that are being donated? Are they being reused again or do they end up in a landfill? Good question. I passed Topshop and saw a sign that said that we could donate our jeans to them. I walked in and I asked them like, hey, I want to donate my jeans, but where is it going to go? Are you going to recycle them or, you know, I mean, what's going to happen to my jeans? The salesperson didn't know where the jeans were going to. That was a big downside because, I mean, they should be aware or at least people who decided to start this donating system including in clothing shops should educate their salesperson in my opinion where do these fabrics or where do these clothings go to the best of my knowledge i'm not sure where these clothings go and you know this is proof that some brands are not as transparent about you know where these clothes go after you donate it On our end, once we donate something, we feel that our responsibility ends at the recycle bin. But we need to make sure that we ask them, where is this fabric going? Are you going to donate it? Are you going to upcycle it? Are you going to recycle it? But for brands that are being transparent about it, it is an initiative that they will continue to make because they want it to be common practice amongst brands or amongst amongst the fashion scene here uh, locally. Now that we're talking about transparency, I think the simplest term that we could give is that transparency builds trust. This level of transparency that is created through all of these sustainable communities may lead to a more customer-centric atmosphere and the more transparent the company is, the deeper the customer relationship. So Aisha, as the founder of Baju Nyawa Baru, why do you think it is important for us as a community to join force to combat mindless consumerism and fast fashion? Is it really that important and will it actually make a change to our environment? 
I wouldn't say it's mindless consumerism. I wouldn't say we need to combat mindless consumerism. I guess what you can say is that what's important is that we promote mindful consumerism. Mindful consumerism just means that you take a step back and really ask yourself, do I need this clothing item? Or if I go thrifting, I take a step back and ask myself, am I taking away from somebody who needs these clothing items? Like if I'm buying something oversized, am I taking it for somebody who needs it? Mm. You know, and, and I don't really need it because I don't really need oversized items because like to a lot of us, oversized is a trend. But to other people, they need, they need that shirt. And it's in, important for us as a community to join forces because like I said, it's like a bicycle. Like upcycling could be the handles of it, you know? Yeah. And thrifting could be perhaps the seat of it. Or fair working environment could be the chain of the bicycle. We need to combine forces. We need to join forces so that it, this bicycle keeps moving and as the bicycle moves forward, more demand for sustainable fashion. We could possibly combat fast fashion in the future or maybe, you know, make fashion more sustainable for everyone. It will make a change, not just to the planet, not just to the environment, but to, to the people, you know, to people who make our clothes. At the end of the day, everybody wants to feel good about what they buy. And yeah. everybody wants to know that their money is going somewhere good. So if this continues in the future, then it'll be amazing for, for everybody, really. So as Aisha have mentioned just now, it is essential that we join force together to increase the demand for sustainable fashion while also simultaneously improving their workplace and the environment as whole. Unfortunately, we are on the last question for today's podcast, which is... Aisha, do you think this trend of ethical fashion will end in the future? And what are the possible opportunities and challenges that can be done and overcome to prolong this lifestyle among our society? I really hope it doesn't end in the future. For ethical fashion to start off as a trend initially isn't such a bad thing. Information is so easily accessible. Like, there is no excuse to not educate yourself on it. How to overcome this, the challenge of it just being a trend, it goes back to education. Like, that is the most important aspect of making sure that sustainable fashion is exactly what it is and which is sustainable. Sustainable fashion, everybody has a different understanding as to what sustainable fashion is, but the end goal is the same, which is to make this a part of your life and most importantly i think do not shame people for still shopping fast fashion once you realize it and you continue it then that that idealistic future is possible okay, mm-hmm. okay basically you have to take or make time to educate yourself about ethical fashion especially with all the accessibility that you have now and please please remember to always invest in knowledge because it's not going to harm you and you're not going to lose anything with gaining new knowledge. Once you've educated yourself, the choice is entirely up to you whether you want to continue to support fast fashion or not. But remember, never look down on the ones that are still supporting fast fashion because again, it's their choice. Okay, so from this whole podcast about fashion and sustainability, we can actually conclude that fashion is actually a form of self-expression. We are still trying to express ourselves through fashion. 
But in a way, for us to do that, we have to educate ourselves first. So you can combine all these three items together. And there you go. You have fashion, sustainability, and self-expression. So another important remark from our discussion today is that, you know, that it's never okay to, for us to shame people who are still opting to fast fashion lifestyle. As you know, sustainable fashion is not for everyone. And it takes mm-hmm. baby steps for someone to get the whole gist of this issue. At the end of the day, we all start somewhere. So never get tired to keep educating people regarding sustainable fashion. So ethical brands in Malaysia are actually embracing the idea of ethical practice and lifestyle in their business form. It's more than a way to please socially conscious customers and engaging in such campaign can be a strategic step that encourage business to increase profits while still saving our environment. And not to forget that younger generations are some of the most important factor in elevating and prolonging ethical fashion and lifestyle in practicing sustainability and slow fashion in our community as we are the trendsetters. Therefore, we can conclude that based on Goal 12 of Sustainable Development Goals to ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns, it carries many parts in our topic today, which is sustainability and ethical fashion. In terms of consumers and business sectors, basic services, supply chains, better jobs and opportunities, as well as improved life quality for every human being. Now that we're at the end of our podcast, I would like to say thank you everyone for tuning in to Reality and we look forward to spending time with you guys soon. A huge shout out to Aisha Zain for joining us today virtually and stay tuned for new things that are coming soon on Baju Nyawa Baru. Remember, fashion is fun but we got to save the planet. ASAP! XOXO Per Besties! Bye! Bye.